back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. I am your co-host today. I'm going to appease my co-host by saying my name is Bucky, and I'm here with... Diamond. You're here with Diamond. And (laughs) (laughs) Were you confused, Jason, at the fact that I used my alter ego name? No, I I, I was just impressed. (laughs) I made you happy. But this is Kevin and Jason, and this is the Midnight Terrors podcast. Very happy. <laughs> it is the Midnight Terrace Podcast. Yeah, buddy. Well, uh, Jason, as we're uh, recording this, we will have just released our Young Frankenstein episode with James from I Was a Teenage Film Snob. That was a fun went, one. Went, went super fun. Went completely off the rails. Um, as it we did. as we tend to do. Um, I know, at, like as we're recording this, the episode isn't out yet, but I already know what the blooper is for that one. So stick around to uh, hear Jason and James make fun of me for uh, incorrectly singing. For about twenty minutes. <laughs> for incorrectly singing the violin song from Young Frankenstein, <laughs> and making it sound like Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, it was very fun. Yep, and we enjoyed making fun of you for about half an hour. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was a fun one. <laughs> but you know what? We are here today with a very special guest, someone that we have so been looking forward to talking with. So this was uh, another friendship made via Instagram. Gotta love Instagram, man. We connect with so many podcasts and so many friends in the horror community. Right. And uh, this uh, this show and this person has quickly become one of my favorites. I would like to welcome co-host of the Mutant City Horror Podcast, Rated PG. What's going on, brother? Oh, what's up, everybody? <laughs> Pleasure. Uh, it's oh, wait, such a we've made, we've, we we made another friend. Yeah, sorry. More... <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're stuck with him. <laughs> How's it going, brother? Good, man. Thanks for having me. And I'm kind of a cool guy. At least that's what I've been told. So if I stick around, the uh, you know that's probably why. All right, cool. Okay, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> He says he's a cool guy. We'll let it slide. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so I have a question for you, Kevin. You were just saying um, you guys are pushing out your Young Frankenstein episode. His name is not Kevin. Bucky. Sorry, Bucky. <laughs> My bad. Sorry, Diamond. I'll call him Bucky from now on. <laughs> I hate you, Jason. <laughs> you were out here in February for uh, the Creepy Con, right? It, weren't you? Were you out here in California recently? I have not. I'm actually originally from California, but I have I have not made it to maybe a California con. Uh, maybe that's why I thought. Um, while I was there, there's a there's a booth there, um, Nightmare Toys, which is a store out in uh, Las Vegas, and they were selling action figures. And uh, Daryl, the number one fan of the uh, Mutant City Horror podcast, bought me this. Oh my God! Like yes, an action figure. <laughs> Yes, I love it. Yeah. So accurate yeah, too. I, <laughs> I love that. I love that the toy says seventeen and up. Like no one under seventeen can play with Doctor Frankenstein. It, it's probably because nobody under seventeen knows who that is. <laughs> yeah, or I hate that movie. Yep, I hate that that movie's like kind of a deep cut for younger people because it's such a great movie. Yeah, um, I attribute a lot of my love for horror to that movie actually because it was like kind of an accessible, creepy, funny movie that I just kind of gravitated to as a kid. Yeah. So they, they showed it as a double feature a couple years back during Halloween at like the, 
the local $3 theater. I don't remember what the other movie was, but it's probably because it didn't matter. You know what I mean? Like this is the movie to watch. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, you know, talking about love of horror right away, um, and we're going to do, you know, plugs later on in the episode for sure. But I kind of want to start before we dive into our usual question. I want to start with. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it's so weird. You got into um, you got into that movie so late. And it's cool that you love it, but it's just weird. (laughs) I, I think that's most of Mel Brooks movies, though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. A lot of people who know, like on the younger side, right? Because I'm, I think I'm the oldest of the three of us here. But like Blazing Saddles, you know, mm. people yeah. might know Spaceballs, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, this one, this and one. I'm a huge fan of um, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Oh my god! Um, and Dracula, <laughs> Dead, Loving It. Nice. Um, I there's so many Mel Brooks that just throw me over the moon. They're so yep. good. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, genius com- uh, comedy writer for sure. Um, <laughs> but on the on the horror side, before we dive into our usual introductory question uh, when we have, whenever we have a new guest on our show, I want to start with talking a little bit about your podcast, uh, Mutant oh. City Horror. Um, yeah. So been listening to it, kind of working my way from the first episode all the way to the most recent one. Love, love the show, love the concept. Um, so I want to throw it to you, uh, as the co-host of the show, what, tell our listeners a little bit about Mutant City Horror, what you guys are all about, uh, and what the background is on the formation of the show. Yeah, I'll start there. Um, so my co-host Matt, um, we refer to him as Matthias the Ill. Um, we've known each other since we were, I don't know, 15, 16, and, um, I'm 42 and he's going to be 44 three or 44 this year we're old but (laughs) all we did growing up was like watch horror movies and get drunk and just kind of poke fun and um, you know we got the ideas in our heads that we can write our own stuff and shoot our own stuff and we're still trying to do all of he's a great writer Um, he's a fantastic writer he's got so many ideas but like we've always been confound by like budget and circumstance to not be able to like shoot anything. So it's only now in our adulthoodness where like, we're starting to like kind of do some stuff. I just posted this video on the Instagram channel today where we recorded with um, my nephews and we made a little short, like horror movies, like four minutes long. Um, But, you know, I've been married for nine years together with my wife for 12. And so she, when we were dating, she lived, you know, where we live now, which is a good two hours away from where Matt lives. So, um, you know, over the years, we've never really lost touch with each other. So, you know, Matt kind of brought this idea up. He was like, Hey, you know, like I miss hanging out. What if we did like a podcast where we just watched movies that we used to watch or the move, the kind of movies that we used to watch. And, you know, we watch them over drinks and we just kind of record it. And so we're like, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, I, I was telling diamond, uh, that in the beginning <laughs> we were doing a video podcast. So he would come over or I'd go over there and we, you know, have drinks and we'd watch a movie and we'd record um, so you can go to YouTube and find our YouTube channel, uh, Mutant City Horror. We got a we got some really great episodes there. Um, Very cool. 
Yeah, but then it just turned into like an audio only thing because the YouTube channel got to be a lot of work with like wanting to like splice in videos and stuff. And so, um, but yeah, so now we just meet uh, weekly and we hang out, we watch a movie and, you know, we get drunk on, on <laughs> Mike, I would say. Um, <laughs> we watch nothing but like B-rated stuff, low low budget, like almost like scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like, and I, and I think the reason we do that is nothing wrong with that. My friend, dude, there's so many gems, man. There's so much stuff that like people would just, you wouldn't even bat an eye at it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Look at the cover and be like, next. And we're like, yeah, we'll take it. Sure. We'll watch it. Or I seen it, you know? Um, but I think the way that we got started in that whole genre in the first place was like, we didn't have a lot of money to rent movies when that was a thing. So we would just like, instead of renting like a new release, we'd rent like the older stuff. And so we just base it off a cover or if somebody told us it was good or, you know, if the pictures on the back look stupid, sure. I'm like, yeah, let's rent this one. And yeah. so that's just kind of how we got exposed to all that stuff. And then like, you know, it turns out, you know, some of this stuff is, you know, directed by the Raimi brothers or, you yep. know, um, yeah, Tom Savini like did all you know the, the special effects in this one and that one. It's like at the time, none of these people are known, so you're watching this stuff and you just you, you're not thinking about it. You're just having a good time with it, and then over the years, you're like, oh my god, they've gone on to do so many great things, and everybody likes them for the great stuff, but nobody knows them for the old stuff. And we're like, oh man, we've been with them forever, you know? Yep. Especially like especially Sam Raimi and like Tom Savini. Like, uh, you know, going back to all their old stuff, like, it's amazing and it's stupid and it's wonderful. Yep. And then, you know, then we get Doctor Strange. Yeah, right. Man, that movie is (laughs) freaking amazing. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Love it. And so, I don't know. We just like, we like bringing out the the little, like, we like showcasing the little guy, you know? Oh, yeah. We like to oh, think yeah. that's who we are, you know. We 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 have a little niche. We think that there's some good stuff there, and people are gonna just miss it. So, like, let's at least let people know you're missing out on some really good stuff. I don't know um, where you're at on the list, but there's an episode we did on a movie called Intruder. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's got yeah. Sam and Ted. Dude, <laughs> I've definitely you guys heard of it. Intruder is yeah. great. Yeah, Hell it's, yes early yeah, you, stuff. Yeah. you've been throwing out some stuff that we're like oh what <laughs> well <laughs> I, I wanna I, I wanna throw yeah. out one that I definitely have seen and I hold in the highest of regard because it has such a charm on it I was looking at your list again just to kind of refresh myself on what you had covered thank you for talking about aerobicide or killer workout because I love killer workout I, I can't take credit for it. Um, <laughs> like to, to what you were saying, we've met so many awesome people on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And there's an account on there called best of B horror. And that dude is just constantly, um, you know, uploading clips of different stuff here and there. So when I first took over our Instagram page, cause somebody else was running it. When I first took over it, I was seeing everything he was posting. So finally I worked up the courage one day to just like instant message him and was like, dude, I love all your stuff. Would you ever be down to like meet up with me and, or, you know, with us and do an episode. And, and so over time we figured it out and he was like, yeah, I'll do it. And so I was like, Hey, you're the guest, you pick the movie. So he attributes that movie 
to being the inspiration for doing his whole Instagram page. Hell which yeah. Fucking, that movie's so good, dude. Dude, cut. Jason, I know I've talked to you about this movie. Killer Workout is insane. And it is so yeah. good. It is about. Well, we've, it is, we've, we've done so many um, that are insane. Uh, well, that, well, well no, your well, Brotherhood of the Wolf episode was uh, <laughs> pretty good. Hey, hey, fun sack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, J- Jason picked that for our werewolf crossover with our friends and reviewed to death. And nice. I'm like, man, we got to. We got to do this two and a half hour long French werewolf movie. But Jason's like, there's fight scenes. The wolf's cool. It's great. Yeah, and so I'm yeah. like expecting I mean, like, not. I should have known better. We we love Marcus and Luke. They're like our boys. Yeah, those but, guys are cool. Mm-hmm, but we, I should have known better. I was expecting like, because they picked dog soldiers for their episode, which again, low, was amazing. low budget, but a masterpiece. Yeah, I haven't seen it. And... But. So we did the crossover and we did Dog Soldiers first. And I assumed that that would be like the, and it is a great episode and it's really funny because, you know, you got Jason talking about taking a shit in a, in a stream and, <laughs> and, it, shit all day long. Yep, and it floated and it floating down the stream into somebody's water jug, like just went off the rails. Right. Yeah, so yeah. we, I assumed that would be the most ridiculous episode. And then we got to Brotherhood of the Wolf and I don't know if it was because we were tired because we were recording it at like 11 o'clock at night. I don't know if it was because we were tired or if it was just we were so desperately grabbing at straws to see what we could talk about because the movie was so long and it just went absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah we, we just went off rails. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was well, a good one. You can yeah. blame me for part of that because I did bring werewolf porn into the discussion. This is, this is true. Yep. But yeah, uh, I remember I was listening to it at the gym because I go to the gym early in the morning and I get there like 5 a.m. So, like, you just <laughs> you hear these like spouts of me just like busting up laughing. And <laughs> everybody's trying to work out. Well, thank you for listening. I hope we didn't embarrass what? you too badly. No, no, no. It was good. It was worth <laughs> but, it. Uh, but, Jason, Killer Workout is a masterpiece. It is so schlocky and so low budget. I have a I was looking for it, but I have a Blu-ray copy of that somewhere. And they couldn't even really fully restore it. There's a point where some of the footage was either lost or just damaged, and they had to splice it in. And there's a part for like five minutes where it goes from really nice, cleaned up quality Blu-ray to just like somebody ripped it from a VHS tape and then recorded it, put it on on YouTube. That's the scene where the detective is at that girl's house in the backyard, <laughs> and he has he has to use the phone. And, and it's she a, went in the house and grabbed like a like a landline telephone and like yep. walked it all the way out with like this phone cord that's like eighty feet long. <laughs> yep, and it's about a killing spree at a gym, and the killer is using an oversized safety pin. I, I shortly after we posted oh, our, episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. shortly after we posted our episode for that movie. I was at In and Out. Oh, you go to you don't know what In and Out is. I'm sorry. Well, well maybe I, I don't know. Bucky, you might. Cause yeah, because I was from California. Yeah, I'm familiar with In and Out. Okay, so at In and Out, the employees wear this red apron around their waist, and in the back they tie it with a big ass safety pin. So I took <laughs> a picture of the employee wearing it, and I posted it on the Instagram, and I was like, Ah, I found it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. It's Jason. It's such a good movie. I'm I'm going to pick it for the show one day. But I mean, you've I also mean, talked about, you know, uh, All Hallows Eve, which you know gave us Art the Clown. Yeah, and it's so funny how uh, so many people in our experience don't know that movie. Yeah, no Terrifier, and obviously Terrifier two now, but mm-hmm. not a lot of people know All Hallows Eve. Yeah, I would say Terrifier is probably the prime example of a very low budget movie becoming like another evil dead type scenario. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's, it's fun to throw, see. Um, oh shit. What's the Halloween one? Um, with the pumpkin head kid. Um, trick or treat. Trick or treat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, love the concept of the show and I, I think your show is fantastic. So very happy to have mm-hmm. you on here. Yeah, we've got we've got a long list of stuff that we want to watch, and we keep I I, I kind of keep a, like a multi list stuff that we need to do for the show, but then mm-hmm. like new stuff that's coming out. So, um, you know, we, Matt and I've had this, this discussion where like we don't need to, it, uh, we don't need to just like do low budget B stuff in the eighties nineties era, although that's where you get a lot of it and mm-hmm. like so much good stuff there but there is newer stuff that we would consider oh, yeah. low budget that is more modern yeah. um that we're looking forward to well have you There's ever a- have you ever heard Sorry. of a movie called uh miss december no i don't think so it is a christmas themed slasher and it's called miss december it's from like 2011 and it was a group of you know small time filmmakers that made a a very comedic self-aware Christmas slasher and, you know, very low budget with the gore, but it's got such a charm to it in the way it's executed and the way that the characters are very aware of the scenario. Nice. I, I would recommend that as a, as a pick for, for your show. Cause it's actually a very charming low budget slasher. Yeah. I just, I just added it to the list. Absolutely. Nice. Well, well I randomly, I randomly came across, um, uh, the Event Horizon today, and I forgot how good that movie was. Like I, I got the last like hour of it, <laughs> and I was just like, ah, oh, I love this movie. Yep. So, Hell yeah. Horizon is like, well. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that one one of these days. Um, but yeah, man, love love your show. Love what Thanks, what man. you and Matt do, Thanks. and uh, happy to have you on here. And you know. So we'll we'll definitely plug Mutant City Horror at the end of the show so people can find out where they can check you out. And I absolutely yeah. am telling them all that they should. It's a fantastic show. Thanks, you will not Thank be you. disappointed. So uh but yeah, we have to talk about something today. Oh yeah. And we will. <laughs> That's true. But uh but before we dive into this week's movie pick, which was picked by our guest co-host today, rated PG, uh we always start the same way with an introductory question and you kind of touched on it a little bit, but we want to go back a little bit farther. What was your introduction to horror as a whole? And Jason has a follow-up question that he words so elegantly. So Jason, take <laughs> it away, buddy. Um, and the question is which movie fucked you up? <laughs> that is the question. So, okay. I, okay. So I dip my. This is a stupid answer. I dip. <laughs> no my such toe, thing. 
<laughs> I dipped my toe into horror, quote unquote horror, with a television show in my youth called Unsolved Mysteries. Oh hell yeah, oh, dude! It's on, it's on. It's on Netflix now. They remade it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Love original it. show theme song would scare the shit out of me, and I always thought that that show was scary. It is. So to me, yeah. yeah, to me, that's like my introduction to horror. But the movie that fucked me up was the made-for-TV movie series It by Stephen King. It's the yes. very first one I can remember watching. Yeah. He is trying best friends. I'm a, Jason, I made a new best friend. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> uh, do some karate. Yep. Hell so yeah. it's the it, that uh, it's the that and the original Nightmare on Elm Street are the two nice. I remember watching when I was a kid, and just like I remember, both of them gave me nightmares independently and sometimes together. Um, but yeah, that that was kind of like my venture into the genre. So, dude, I'm I'm still waiting for the quote unquote stupid answer because I think that was a great <laughs> answer. <laughs> That was beautiful. Uh, yeah, Those are yeah, such yeah. good uh, answers because, like, we've we haven't dove into it too much, but we've talked about just doing like episodes of unsolved mysteries that scared us, or episodes of the of a show that Jason, X-Files. yeah, that Jason yeah. loves, the X Files. X Files is my yeah, shit. Good one too. Yep. Um, oh, love there was one episode of uh, X Files that I think is not like. I don't even know that show is on the air anymore, but I think they pulled it from syndication after a while. Um, was called Home. Yes. And it felt oh, like uh, Home will yeah. tear your yeah. ass up, yeah. dude. That was a fucked up ass. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. episode is fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So Jason, um, Jason grew up watching X-Files, and I was a little too young to watch it. I would kind of sneak watching stuff as a kid as most kids would do. Of course. Um, But uh, the X-Files, I think, was a little bit, because I was born in 92, so X-Files was a little bit outside of my my range. Right. But that specific episode, like, I could tell you, like, I'm watching it um, because I watched it with my mom all the time. (laughs) And when we finished that episode, she was like, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, it's right. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, it's just like the mom underneath the bed getting slided out and just. Uh, yeah, that's a rough one, dude. <laughs> uh, and then um, Mulder and Scully like going in and there's all these traps and just. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, so good. Oh, yeah. Well, those are those are all fantastic answers. Also, side note, I'm actually currently sitting right next to a copy of what I would consider my favorite uh, lower budget horror movie. I wonder if it'll show up in the camera. Uh, Sleepaway yeah, Camp. Um, yeah, we're talking about a horror movie tonight, aren't we? Maybe. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> we're. I made a new best friend, Jason. Go away. <laughs> you can exit the call for a few minutes. I'm okay. <laughs> No, don't do that. Don't do that, because I've been excited to talk about uh, our guest movie pick with you. Um, but yeah, man, those are all good uh, 
good answers. And uh, from what I've heard, uh, you know, I mean, obviously the 1990 version of it is my favorite horror movie of all time. I got a tattoo for that thing. And oh, that, yeah, I know that's your fave. Yep. That yeah, mo- that my, movie. my little brother is my, it's my little brother's favorite movie all the time. Hell it's not yeah. my favorite movie, right? It's not my favorite, but it's definitely up there on the list. Yeah. And it's going to fuck me up. So same, same. Yeah, it's, I, it's I my, understand. it's my favorite horror movie of all time. My favorite film of all time is a, is a different answer, but it's definitely my favorite horror movie of all time to this day. Tim it's, Curry, it's, Tim Curry's a legend. It's good, and even this, even seeing the new ones. I mean, the new ones are great, and I really appreciate them. Um, but that original it, man. I mean, that original it just tears you up, man. Well, it's again, it's that it's that low budget charm to it. They can't show you all that stuff, so it's left to your imagination. And when you're a young kid yeah, seeing it, true. yeah, it's gonna fuck with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's 100%. true. So, well, hey, man, uh, those are all those are all great great answers. And uh, you know, connecting to one of your other movies that you said uh, were your introduction to horror, it ties in beautifully with your pick for us this week. Because yeah. we are finally tackling a movie that we have mentioned so many times on the podcast so far uh, that we are defenders of. We love this movie. And Rated PG has blessed us with the pick of Nightmare on Elm Street 2010, the remake. Yes. And that's. I love it. I love it. I love it. I That's love what it. we're going to talk about tonight. So, uh, rated PG, let's, let's throw this to you to kick this off. Uh, what brought you to this pick and what was your history with nightmare on Elm street, the remake? Um, okay. So the reason I picked it is because I, you know, listening to your show, you guys had talked about it. You guys had mentioned that you wanted to do an episode on it and we had been talking about doing something collaboratively. And I was like, that's, that's going to be the one that's going to be the one. Cause it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. I, I can't talk about the history of that movie without talking about the history of the franchise, of because course. I grew up watching that stuff, right? Nightmare on Elm Street, as I mentioned, was just one of the first horror movies I'd ever seen. I don't remember where, where I was or how old I was or what the setting was, but all I remember is watching it and loving it and like never getting enough of it. And, you know, um, so much so that like I sat through all the other ones and, you know, um, growing up and watching this stuff, they were all fun. You know, I think even at that time, as I was watching these new ones, you know, the, the sequels get pushed out, I was starting to recognize like, okay, they're getting a little bit more campy compared to the original. The original is just straight horror. There's some comedic aspects to it, but I don't think it's trying to be funny. Mm -hmm. It just kind of, it just happens organically, which is what makes it so good. Mm -hmm. And you get that whole thing of like, oh, we found kind of a formula, horror plus, you know, comedy equals greatness. And then you try to replicate it. You, You try to synthesize it and it just doesn't come out the same. So I love all those that, movies that, nonetheless. That hero oh, Haley is amazing. Um, he 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 makes it. Um, I don't know, like he it, he puts the comedy in there, but not really. Like uh, he's he's kind of fucking with people, um, but he's uh, kind of 
super creepy at the same time. Well, that's um, well, that's that's I, interesting. I love the way he approached it. Well, that's interesting that that you see it that way, Jason, with uh, with a comedic tone. Because for me personally, and um, PG, you touched on this um, a little bit with the original Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, the original Nightmare on Elm Street is one of the greatest horror movies ever made, sure. and Arguably. it's it's yeah. still scary. Um, and I actually, I think one of the reasons I appreciate this remake is that Freddie had gotten to the point of like absurdity in the later part of the franchise that the remake, I actually thought did a good job in making him scary again. And, you know, yeah. I, I know that a lot of people just to dive in, don't like this remake. One of their biggest gripes is that it's not Robert England. I get it. We all love Robert England, but it's a remake. And I feel like Jackie Earl Haley was the perfect choice to bring Freddie back to the roots of horror after getting movies like Dream Child and Freddy's Dead um, and the absolutely fantastic Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> oh, God, I love Freddy versus right? Jason. Right, so, so over the top. But, you yeah. know, the Nightmare series is definitely one of the most rewatchable series because no movie in the franchise is the same as a previous one. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I never really thought about it like that. Mm -hmm. So I want to I want to ask as we sort of dive into the remake. So going back before we all saw the remake, even uh, like my favorite is um, Freddy versus Jason. I think it's so good. Well, that was that was going to be that was going to be my that was going to be my question. Was what what, before we all (laughs) saw the remake? What was everybody's favorite uh, Freddy movie? So stupid. It's so stupid, but it's so fun. Um, and it's like, uh, what are you gonna do with it? Like, well, you know it's, a, mean? it's a kung, uh, it's a kung it's a kung fu movie. Absolutely, no ending. No, no, you just they, they don't answer the question. Who won? You know who won? The, the audience. audience. <laughs> we won. Yes. <laughs> Well, so we have Jason's answer. Uh, my favorite is actually of the Freddy movies, part two. Interesting. Freddy's Revenge. I love Freddy's Revenge. Freddy part two still has the creepy factor in it before we get to Dream Warriors, where it actually kind of goes off the rails. Uh, and I love Dream Warriors, but Dream Warriors is where Freddy becomes a stand-up comedian, which I love. But I like that there's a nice blend of comedy mixed with the creepy factor in it. And mm. honestly, what I really love about Freddy Part 2, I love a good uh, possession movie. And I like that uh, Freddy, there was a possession story to that one. For me, um, the answer is going to be the first one. The original sure. OG out, you know, out the gate. And I think for that, <laughs> I, I think uh, it just, for me, it's um, like how I integrate with movies right i'm i like to turn off all the lights turn up the sound don't bother me like i want to immerse myself in this world and it's the only one of the franchise with maybe the exception of a new nightmare where it's got a more serious tone Mm -hmm. and so it's easier for me to like in like just kind of put myself in that world whereas the other ones get a little bit more campy and a little bit more goofy and it's like okay i can't take it serious not that i'm yeah. like looking for oscar material from mm-hmm. these movies right but 
I don't know. I, I like to, I like to, I like to just kind of zone out for a minute and like be there in that moment. Almost like when you read a book, you know, you put yourself there. That's how I, I want to experience a movie. And right. I can do that with the first one. Absolutely. Plus it's, it's so dark and like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just so many good things about it. So yeah, definitely my favorite hands down. I'm glad you brought up new nightmare because I actually think that's up here with the remake as one that is really unfairly hated on. Uh, and I love that it's yeah, kind new of a nightmare. It's, it's great. Yeah. I love that. It's like, a oh, pre- yeah. that it's like a precursor to scream. Yes. It very similar. In what sense? Yeah. In the sense of like the meta knowledge of Heather Langenkamp playing just herself and Robert England showing up as Robert England. You're right. And then You're it's right. like a Freddy demon that is exactly Freddy Krueger. Right. Um, yeah. And I just love the concept of them making. I love the concept of them making a Freddy. Good. Oh, I was just going to say, I love the concept of them making a Freddy movie. And that's what gives Freddy his power is how popular he is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love the scene of the the glove coming, or the glove and the the claws coming up through the bed. Like it's so cool. Like, yeah. Just yeah. This claws coming up. And it's then, it's awesome. And then the last one I wanted to throw some love to because I I enjoy all the Freddy movies. The le- my least favorite is probably Freddy's Dead. That one's just a little too over the top for me. Um, is that the one with the uh, the Nintendo Power Glove? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's it the also, one I've seen the least. It also has Alice Cooper playing Freddy Krueger's dad. <laughs> I've probably only seen it the one time. Yeah, yeah I forgot out. about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the one that I the last one I want to throw some love to. Everybody loves Dream Warriors, but we got to throw some love to yeah, Dream-, Dream Warriors. Is fun. Yeah, we. If my voice wasn't so shot, I would give my best uh, hair metal falsetto Dream Warriors impression, but I won't do that. Uh, <laughs> Dream Master Part Four is another one that I really love. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. Got the fantastic cockroach death where the girl's lifting weights and she gets her arms ripped off and just melts into yeah. a cockroach. Yeah, that that's the one that had. <clears throat> so I made some correlations from this the remake to some of the ones from the original series. And I think uh, there's a, there's a diner scene or aspect to part four that remind that like I got reminded of when I watched um, the remake again. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't remember the context, but I think one of them worked at a diner or, or something like that. If I recall correctly. I think so. It's been a while since I've watched yeah, it, but well, I think you're yeah, spot yeah. on yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. There was one in the diner <laughs> in I don't even yeah. remember how uh, old girl went out, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so clearly we all love Freddy. We're all Freddy fans here. Uh, I know, but like there was, I I think that the biggest thing with the the newest with the remake, everybody was like, "Oh, he was child molester," and it's like, "Well, yeah, that's what he was in the original." <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't. Like, I don't, it wasn't as like. It wasn't in front of your face as much. Yeah, it wasn't this one. Yeah, but everybody was like, um, "Well, they made him child molester," and I'm like, "Well, yeah." <laughs> like, like, did you not? Did you not catch that? In yeah, the it original? was. Well, it was. 
it was but also like isn't that like the like one of the scariest monsters there are two kids absolutely in real life, you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah so it was it yeah, was absolutely. it was heavily you could read it in the original just by hearing child because they say they say filthy they, it was yeah. insinuated very hard. Yeah, they say um, they say they didn't, right. They didn't go overt with it. They say filthy child right. murderer. Um, in yeah. the in the original, and then here they go overt with it. Um, and it's fucked. You know, it's true horror. I mean, that's one of the worst things in the world. So yeah, it was it was their point, and they didn't really really touch on it, but they did in the new one. Yeah. And everybody was upset about it. And I'm like, what are you upset about? Like, this is like, this is. Well, it makes here. That's the dichotomy with Freddie. That's always been there is that people love Freddie as we've, you know, spent 10 minutes talking about how much we love Freddy Krueger and how much fun he is. But at the end of the day, he is a child murderer. And I yeah. felt I felt like the remake, their goal was to get away from viewing Freddy as like an anti-hero and trying to make him a despicable character. And they succeeded. Um, but, you know, I just I think that, again, this movie's just a return to terror and true horror for Freddy. Um, and Jackie or Jackie Earl Haley does a great job at putting that on screen. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. let's so, yeah. so let's dive on into the movie. Um you know, if you've seen the original Nightmare on Elm Street, you know the plot of this one. Um because there are a lot of shots that are replicated with some new stuff in there. You know, they they change they give a lot more background story to the kids um in the movie. But it does start with a uh I love the the redone score that they did for for this movie um it's a score that i listen to quite a bit obviously in the original you have the in this one they have like a like a choir that opens it up and it's like i love the opening score to this i think the credits are great you see shots of like the playground and you're already like oh there's going to be some some more layers to this one and yeah. we open at the diner with all the kids hanging out there. And one kid in particular, Dean, who is our opening murder, and he's not slept in days. And this is a super creepy opening with him sitting at a diner in the rain late at night. And you see a nurse, or uh, not a nurse, but a waitress walk by him and he's asking for like coffee and she just walks by him and ignores him. And then we go into the kitchen and that's where Freddy's kind of lurking around. Yeah, he it was so funny. Yeah. You know that like he looks I was like, are they trying to convince us that this guy's a teenager? Because he looks like he's 44. Yeah, <laughs> they still stuck true to that. <laughs> yeah. And then his girlfriend walks in, Chris, and she looks like she's the same age. Mm-hmm. And my wife just out of nowhere was like, are these supposed to be seniors in high school? Cause I was like, <laughs> they look super old. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. They stuck true to that trope. Yeah, same age for sure. But yeah, great opening scene at the diner. We get introduced to all of our, our teens here. 
Um, this movie has some pretty phenomenal actors in it. Uh, Jackie Earl Haley's in here, obviously, but Rooney Mara as Nancy. Mm-hmm. She's great. One of my favorite actresses or actresses, uh, actors in horror, Kyle Gallner, who plays uh, her friend in here. Quentin. Yep. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, he recently in Smile, right? He was. He was the cop in uh, Smile. He's also in. He was the goth kid in Jennifer's Body. Oh, Smile mm. was great. Mm-hmm. I think he was in one of the Scream movies too, right? Not. Uh... Oh, he was. Yeah, Scream Five. He was like Scream a. Five. Yeah, he, he was, was like five. a just some weird creeper. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I mean, yeah, I love the introduction to these characters and, you know, right away, Quentin's got some sympathy for Nancy because his friends are kind of being, you know, kind of douchey to her and not leaving a great tip or anything. Um, Yeah. But I mean, we go straight in and, you know, Dean is telling his girlfriend, Chris, about how he's not slept in days. uh, And, you know, he's got the great line. She's like, you need some sleep. And he goes, I can sleep. I just don't want to. Right. Um. And then, you know, we get the first kill and Freddy forces Dean to slit his own throat. Yeah. And what I thought was dope about that is that, like, you see him like you see him fighting Freddy with like Freddy trying to like force the the knife into his throat. So he's doing that thing where he's like holding it back. But then we see what everybody else sees, which is like him just looking like he's going to stab himself. Yep. And then he goes so deep into his neck that you don't even see the blade. It's just just the fist that comes straight across and it's just all the blood pours out. I was like, that was awesome. Yeah, it is. It is brutal. And then we cut to the title card and they bring us that, that old score that I didn't like that transition, but I mean, it is what it is. It is. It is a little abrupt. Um, and it's like, eh, you probably could have not done the winks and not. I will say that is one gripe I do have with the movie is that they do recreate a few too many old moments that they probably didn't need to do. Um, and I, because I do feel like that opens the door for the unfair comparisons where people say, you know, why would I watch this one if there's a better one? Um. All right. So I kind of went back and forth about this with myself last night as I was watching the movie. Okay. Um, there, there, you know, obvious differences between a remake and a reboot. Yes. And this is to me a re a remake of the first. Mm-hmm. So there are some scenes not jumping ahead of like the bathtub scene and yep. the hallway scene where it all turns to like mush um stuff in the school like they kept those good elements from the first one rearranged them a little bit did them a little bit differently um but i know i had no qualms with it i think really the only the only part that i didn't like is that the era in which it was made because i feel like um all of the actors are too like of the emo genre and so like it detracts (laughs) the movie Otherwise, if I think if you remade that movie today, you'd end up with something that's a little bit more along the lines of like what the Evil Dead remake was like. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? More, more serious, uh, a lot darker, more. You know, effects are better because you got a bigger budget, things like that. But I don't, I don't want to go too far off. Sure. On a- oh no worries, no worries. Um, and yeah, I think that you know they are well 
shot recreations when they do do those references um and they don't do all of them but you know there's obviously the glove between nancy's legs and the in the bathtub and um they do recreate um freddie's head coming through the wall above one of the characters heads uh when when they're sleeping right um I'm, I don't think that looked as good because they went CGI with it and Freddy's head went way too far out of the wall. Yeah. And it was like moving like all the way around as opposed to like in the original, <laughs> just kind of comes out and down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But you know, so we've got some really well done read, like, you know, recreated shots, but I mean, I love the the atmosphere in this movie. Again, Freddie feels dangerous here. Like I feel like, He's going to do some real damage and, you know, he goes after Dean mercilessly. Um, and, yeah. you know, right away they kind of start to to throw the background of all the characters where we go to Dean's funeral and they all find all the kids find a photo where they knew each other when they were kids at a preschool, but they didn't they don't remember knowing each other. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Nancy asked her mom too. Like, you know, do we do we all know each other? Like, how how do I how am I connected to these people? And she's like, nope. Yeah, and this might be skipping ahead, but she also asked about Freddie, and she was like, nope, don't don't know anybody. Yep. You didn't meet these kids till high school, so mm-hmm. nope. A little bit of context yeah. for everybody listening to Jason's having a little bit of technical difficulties, so that's if he's <laughs> if he's quiet, that's why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I. So, so I wanted to ask, how did you, cause like in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, it was the wave of the slasher genre, which typically it was just characters you don't care about and you're just there to see them die. Did you like the fact that this one had, cause I like the fact that this movie has more depth to the characters. Cause I actually kind of care about them more. How did you feel about that? It provides better backstory, which I'm, I'm open to Matt and I get in this argument every once in a while about, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween where he says oh, yeah. it's the worst thing he's ever seen because uh, Rob Zombie gave Michael Myers a backstory and like purpose where I don't fully agree with that. But seeing like seeing a darker side to his upbringing uh, makes more sense. So I think that's what he's talking about. But because it's more grimy and gritty, I love it. And I think uh, the same thing here where <clears> like <throat> we get a little bit more context about who Freddie is and the background of all these kids and how they're related to each other because in the original they're they're just friends and they know each other and they all live on the same block and like i don't know if all of them were involved in freddie's demise like they were in the remake where they're all Mm -hmm. you know they all you know told stories about what freddie was doing to them at the preschool so it it makes sense but you know some purists might say well freddie just did it because he's a child murderer in general so like it's different, which yes, there are going to be differences to, to a remake. So live with it. It's not like, it's not like, it's not the first remake that has ever been or no. ever will be. So no, get used to that stuff, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, uh, Jason, now that you're back, uh, I was asking, uh, PG what he thought about. I was asking PG what he thought about the fact that we get more background, on Freddie in this one and we get more background on the characters. Um I honestly kind of cared about the characters in the newer the newer iteration than mm-hmm. I did the old one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't I, I don't know why that was. Um well again I think I think they just I think came, that's, yeah I think that's the point. 
Yeah. They, they made it that way. Yeah, they give you more more sympathy for him because you get to know him a little more. Um, yeah, they tie them yeah, all together. Yeah. They all um, they and all they're they're each other in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I think that um, when they go into the school um, and actually explore the school and everything, um, I think it's a a little more impactive. Yeah, um, it it kind of gives a little more to it. Um. And it makes it it makes it a little more um it makes it a little more uh you know hurtful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And so the next death that we get is the death of Chris. Um yeah. and they stick to the floating on the ceiling death you got and Tina's death. Yeah. Yep. The famous uh death scene in the bedroom from the original. They stick to it here. Um, it's a lot more violent here <laughs> because yeah. when she gets thrown around, I mean, those hits are gnarly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's they are violent, but like, I, I don't, I didn't like it because in the original, it's less violent. There's less throwing around. <clears throat> she is getting like, t- she's getting cut yeah. as she's being moved around. So like the blood is going everywhere. And, you know, there's blood all over the walls and the ceiling. And then, you know, she lands and like, you know, just blood goes everywhere. Whereas in this one, she's just like being thrown around. So she's yeah. getting hit hard. And then she's just like cut open once. And then yeah, falls single, single slash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I like the, the, the original, like, m- you know, massive gore, lots of blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus knowing the way that they made that effect. I think makes it that much better. Absolutely. And well, the, there, there are a lot of things in the movie um, from square one that are a lot more hardcore um, than <clears throat> the new one. Yeah. Um, and so we do have something of a, you know, a similar subplot. I mean, for the first part of the movie, it plays out pretty much just like the first one. Um, and you, you get, uh, Chris's current boyfriend, because uh, Dean, because yeah, because Dean yeah. was her uh, ex. Yeah, Dean was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chris's current boyfriend Jesse gets killed in jail, uh, and you know has a pretty. Oh yeah, I always forget about that scene. Mm-hmm. And you see yeah, the, the yeah. scared prisoner saying, "Let me out of here! Let me out of here!" Because of what's no, happening it, to him. First, the first words out of his mouth were, "I didn't touch him." Yeah. I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do nothing. <laughs> that that was kind of funny that he's like immediately like they're gonna blame me, but where else is he gonna? Yeah, is he gonna go? I don't. I will say I don't remember how Jesse gets killed. Um, do you he remember? Yeah, he fell asleep in the cell, and then yeah, um, Freddie just tore him up. Um, okay, yeah, and then yeah, he gets thrown around. I was but... gonna say I I prefer um, was it Rod's death in the in the yeah, original where yeah, the blanket. Rod- grabs him and strangles him yeah. yeah um but you know for what it was it again it is a creepy scene just this one dude just having to watch jesse get slaughtered uh in the cell and screaming for his life because he knows one he's gonna fry now because of um because of someone dying in his cell but also he's just watching it happen yeah oh yeah just watching somebody be like yeah but it, but at the same time um and Jackie Earl Haley, like he, he kind of shows up here and there. Um, and it's, uh, 
it's it's pretty intense, man. Like it, like he he makes himself known for sure. He does, and he has a really great scene uh, that is actually not really a recreation of the original. There is a scene in in the school in the original. But I love the scene where Nancy falls asleep in class and then the class just like melts away into ashes and yeah. Freddie is just standing there at the chalkboard uh, and then, you know, has a little bit of dialogue with her. And Freddie had a great first line earlier on with Dean where Dean was like, you're not real, you're not real. And Jackie O'Haley with the, I am now. You know? Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's very he's very menacing here. He's scary. He, he is, man. And this, this is why I keep telling you to watch The Watchmen. Um, oh, yeah, he please watch it. We're not he here to talk about superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> he is amazing as Rorschach. I know he so is, you but need to watch it. I know it is, but, but we are not here to talk about superheroes. No superheroes so, on the show. We're, <laughs> we're going to talk about shit that's good. And <laughs> him <laughs> playing Freddy is amazing. It is, but um, we're not. But we're not talking about Watchmen. Is what I'm saying. Playing Rorschach is fucking awesome too. Yeah, so it is. I mean, he's not wrong. And watch it anyway. Throwing throwing it to PG because okay. Jason, Jason can shut the fuck up. <laughs> so that school scene um, is one of my favorites from the original. For yes. I mean, not just how it starts with you know her. So Nancy falling asleep in class, um, and then being led into the hallway by the you know, Tina's body. Yeah, through the hallway and shit. If I'm not mistaken, there's uh the body in the bag, like yeah, yeah, body bag being dragged around. Yeah, and then like she's got yeah. all like those bugs coming out of her mouth and yep, like, yeah, just all that whole mess at her feet. Um, but yeah, so so and then she wakes up and she's burned and everything. But it even starts in the beginning when she's starting to doze off in the classroom because they're reading. I don't know, Shakespeare or something. Yeah. And there's this dude yeah. in the class and he's reading from it, but then he gets, he gets low and he starts to talk like this and it starts to sound real creepy. Yep. And yeah. Like, oh, shit. And then you see the body and all that other stuff. So I was like, yeah, it's a great scene. Yeah. And they, Plus, the teacher, I don't know if you remember the teacher from the first one, but um, that's a uh, Lynn Shay. Shay. I, I don't know yep. how to say it. Lynn Shay from Insidious. Yeah. 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 Well, I know her from like, um, Dude, Kingpin. She was the landlord. Yep, Kingpin. she was. Uh, yes. Yep. Um, yeah, she's a uh, head or about Mary, and she's yep. in all like Farley brother movies. Yeah, yes. no, Lynn yeah, yeah. is great. Yeah, um, she's awesome. And so then, I mean, then we like the movie really kind of picks it up when we start to learn more about the fact that Freddie was a gardener working at the preschool where all these kids went to school and knew each other because they're start they're starting to remember. Um, and we have, you know, several conversations between the parents. Uh, we have Nancy's mom and we have also one of my favorite actors, Clancy Brown in here. Oh, uh, Mr. Krabs, yep. Mr. Krabs. Can you feel it? Mr. Can you feel it? Yeah, Mr. Krabs. Krabs. Can you feel it? Mr. Krabs. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Uh, so let me, let me, t- I got to tell you a story about Nancy's yes. mom. Okay. So recently we're at a convention and Robert England was supposed to be there. And so in anticipation of seeing and meeting him, I rewatched the original. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, I turned to my wife and I said, you know, I'm curious about Nancy's mom because she's a single mom, 
her her ex-husband is the the sheriff or whatever played by um uh what oh my god oh uh john saxon john saxon thank you but the mom is an alcoholic oh yeah and there's only outside of like the funerals that they attend there's only one scene where the mom is like dressed up like she's going to work mm-hmm. but she's not because it's eight <laughs> o'clock in the morning and she was drinking vodka yeah so i'm like what does this woman do where she <laughs> lives in this house you know i'm sure alimony isn't that baller so i was like like what was her role so yeah. so going to this convention the the woman who plays the mom ronnie blakely was at the convention so i was telling my brothers this story and they were like she's right there like let's go ask her so we walked over to her booth and we started talking Dude, she's the sweetest woman ever. I love but it. But I, I told her this story and she was like, Oh, uh, Nancy's mom is a painter. And I was like, Oh, she's like, didn't they mention that in the movie at some point? I go, no, not at all. And she <laughs> all, goes, these yeah. years, all these years yeah, later, know, she's right? like, they cut it. Well, here's the thing. So she goes, so she goes, yeah, she was a painter, you know, she was divorced from John Saxon's character and like, you know, but she was, you know, making her own money as a painter. Okay. She goes, fun story. She, she painted a picture, Ronnie Blakely, not the mom, not the character, but the actor, Ronnie Blakely painted a picture of Heather lightning cap and the production crew loved it so much that they were like, Let's put it in the movie. So there's a scene in the movie of a painting of Nancy that Ronnie Blakely had painted. And now I have to go back and watch it because I want to find it. Very there nice. You go. That's awesome. I thought that was a pretty cool, cool story. Yeah. yeah that's a fun and then little... in this one, they make her, um, which I thought was ironic in this one because Nancy is the painter in this one. She's yes, the yes. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if it's because that's what the mom was in the first one. Yeah. That they kept that in this one is kind of like a little Easter egg or whatever. Yeah. That's a, that's a fun little nod. That's um, very cool. I do. I do in this movie. I do like the look of the boiler room that they went with, how it's like kind of bright yellow lights and you can't really see down the hallways at all. Whereas the original boiler room was kind of like red and you know, it was smoky, but you could kind of see around you. I love that. It's actually a really brightly lit room and you still, yeah. and you still can't see Freddie like in the distance or in the shadows. Right. Um, and so we got to touch on one important thing here with Freddie, because obviously a big gripe that I'm sure many people had was that Freddie in the originals was prosthetics. It was makeup. And here we have a CGI Freddie, but instead of it, you know, being just, you know, practical burns it's like you can see like you know pieces of of joints and muscles and stuff under his skin with him being burned and they use cgi to do that so it's a different look for freddy so how do we feel about the look of freddy krueger here because i i i I personally really like it i didn't i didn't even really um like mind that um uh I knew it was a little more CGI, but it's very light. Like it's 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 not hard. It's not like you're sitting there looking at it going, Oh yeah, that's a CGI, you know, face or whatever. Um, but you know, obviously his face is different. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's, it's kind of attitude is different too. Um, which, yeah. which is, which is fun. Like he still, he still kind of makes jokes. Um, but they're not hardcore. They're funny to him. Yeah. 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 Like, he's a, he's a lot more creepier yeah. in this one. Like he is. And and I think that's the point, right? Because they're 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 going all in on the child molester aspect. So you've got to make him a little bit creepy. So I I took note of like a couple things that he said to some of the kids. I think he told one of them like, um, uh, with how he, he told Chris that she looked just as beautiful as she used to. Yep. And then like told Nancy that she smells different or something like that. And I was like, dude, way to up the creep factor. And so yeah. like, the, yeah, the yeah, and that's point, yeah, and that's. That's what I think was important about it. Yep. It's to up the creep factor. Well, how about yeah. how about it. later on in the climax where it's Quentin and Nancy versus Freddie and he's talking he's like taunting her and Nancy says, Fuck you and he goes, Ooh, sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. Like it's oh it's so disturbing. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they, they leaned into it and they made him a despicable character. You don't you don't want to root for Freddie in this movie and we don't. Yeah. 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 That's very true. But I think to Jason's point, which is you take that part of it plus the way that they made him look, which I think in the, in the original stuff, like it's more fun than scary, mm-hmm. but here it's more, it's more indicative of a burn victim of his type Absolutely. and more realistic. And so it just, because it hit, because it feels more real mm-hmm. it adds to the additional creep factor that they upped and it just yeah. provides for overall more terrifying freddy in my opinion absolutely and, yeah, right. and, and, yeah, and right of there. course and of course they did um go go further with it where they actually showed like the like the families like actually burning him to death like which is yeah. where i wanted to go they, next they, because yeah this scene was all over the trailer um when this movie was rolling out and i love this scene uh i think it's honestly one of the best scenes of the movie cuz we didn't see freddy get burned um in the original it was just there um you know they just talk about it but i love this scene so you find out that oh i did you you find out that the kids were abused, molested by Freddie um, yeah. at the school because he was a gardener at a, at the preschool where they all went, and he did take them to a secret cave that he called that he talked about, and he did yeah mol- his little basement or whatever, yeah, and he did molest them. And when Nancy and all of them start coming home with like wounds on them, like scars, all the parents yeah. rally around each other and they hunt him down and they chase him into an, in like an abandoned factory, the boiler room and they set it ablaze and you see it happen. And like, just, just the, I mean, again, going back to the acting in here, it's phenomenal because you got Clancy Brown in there and you can, I mean, you can feel the, the rage and the anger coming off of these characters when they're trying to protect their kids. Oh, for sure. You know, because Clancy Brown throws a a Molotov in there and is like, "This is for my son." Yeah, and it's just like, man. And I love him so much. And again, <laughs> in the trailer, they showed this where Freddie starts to catch a fire, 
and he rips his coat off and the sweaters <laughs> right under there that he wears, the red and green sweater. Yeah. Um, and then it's a great jump scare because CGI Freddy starting to burn runs out because it's Quentin having a vision about it. Um, yeah. Which I felt I thought was ironic because he's there mm-hmm. as a kid in yeah. his underwear. You know what I mean? And like, oh yeah, he was whole, he was guy uh, in that position. You know? Yeah, he was uh, he was doing a swim. Uh, yeah, he's on the swim team. Yeah, he was doing a swim practice and he got pulled under and he passed out and ended up yeah. having the vision. But they play yeah. with you for a lot of the movie where you think that maybe Freddy was innocent of what they said because the kids are like, did you like they go to they confront their parents about it and they say you killed Freddy. Did you ever find anything that we were saying? Yeah, that's did you true. ever yeah. did you ever prove it? Did you go to the police and the kids and the parents say, no, we did what we thought was best to protect you. And so. They think that they killed an innocent man and Freddy's back for revenge for didn't for not doing something. It was Quincy's line who is um um I think it was his line who said we were five, we would have said anything. Yes. And that's where the dad yeah. is like Ugh. Yeah, that's yeah. that's an interesting line. Yeah, we were um we were five, it, we would have said anything. Why didn't you go to the police? Yeah, yeah, it kind of brings things into question. Yeah, and you see um, Quincy Brown like kind of second guessing himself, maybe wondering if they did do the right thing because now these kids are terrified of Freddie trying to the kill them. Time, at the same time, though, you got the glove um, and the pictures and everything that he's got down there. Well, you find um, that at the end. That's like the big. It's right. like it's like kind a twist. Yeah. Um, which I did hear some people have a gripe about it. Like, you call that a twist? We already know this about Freddy. Why are you showing this and hiding this? And it's like, yeah, no, no. There was a there was a complaint that they were saying that he is a child molester, and I'm like, uh, well, no, no, well, no, no, no. They they did have that complaint, but people then said like, why did you make it the twist that? he is a child molester. We already figured this out. So they were, yeah, we knew that. Yeah. They were, they like, were, I mean, they were bummed at like, why are you dragging this out to tell us what we already know about Freddie? Basically. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't say it outright. They didn't just come out right and go, yeah, he's a child molester. Um, but you it, it was implied. I mean, he would, that's what you would think. Oh, with the things he was saying. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we, we carry on and Na- this is where Nancy and Quentin, cause they're like, their friends are dying left and right and being killed by Freddie. Um, and like the death scenes in the movie aren't like anything amazing. Uh, yeah. you know, they're not as wacky or fantastical as the originals. Um, they're very straightforward. Like Freddie's going to kill you with a glove and, you know, slash you to pieces. Um, but it's brutal. And, but then, so we, we keep on going. There's a great scene in a drugstore where, um, Quentin is like needing to get that medication to help them stay awake and the doctor won't. Yeah. yeah, And the doctor won't refill it. And Nancy's in the car trying to like keep herself awake, like smacking herself. And I 
cringe and wince every single time she heats up that cigarette lighter in the car and sticks it on her arm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's what I thought was interesting, too, because in the original, in the classroom scene where she falls asleep, she burns herself on one of the pipes in the boiler room to wake herself up and then she's got the yeah. burn mark on her arm yes which they didn't do that this go around and because it wasn't even her it was chris mm-hmm. and chris got her hair cut right so i was like okay that's different but then they still added in this scene where nancy burns herself to stay awake so i was like okay that's what i meant earlier when i was like they still kept a lot of the stuff they just put it in different places they did yeah they just yeah, they just kind of uh, put it in a different aspect, or but but um, it makes sense, you know yeah. what I mean. So it's not like it was forced, or it didn't feel forced. Right. Or, yeah, it was right. a good way to like make it a little bit different, mm-hmm. but also yeah. very reminiscent of the one that we've all you know hold dear in our hearts. Right. Yeah. So and so not they... the same, not the same thing, but just put it into a little bit different spot. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And yeah. so they do come to the same conclusion uh, because I for, have for, I forget how in how in this movie they find out that they can pull Freddie out. Uh, Nancy had a little piece of her sweater. Of oh, that's sweater. right. Yes, she grabs a little little part of him. That's right. Because in the original, he she pulls the the hat out, right? Yeah, uh, you, yeah, she yeah, pulls she, out. She, she's at that like sleep center. Yep. Where they're doing. Did you know the doctor in that movie that that the sleep center is Charles Fleischer? No, who is that? You know what Charles Fleischer is? Mm-mm. No. He's the voice of Roger Rabbit. No shit. Oh wow. Zodiac uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal and some other stuff. Oh, one of Jason's yeah, yeah. favorites. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love J- Jason's a, a David Fincher fanatic for sure. So. Oh yeah, dude. Um, but you know, so the fucking shit. Yeah. So we, (laughs) so we come to, but you know, it's a short movie. It's like a standard hour and a half. Um, they just get straight to the point, but Quentin and Nancy are our final duo that are going to take on Freddie and they get all this adrenaline like needles that Quentin's going to stick Nancy with once she has Freddie to wake her up, uh, because Nancy's going to pull Freddie out of the dream. Uh, so yeah, that they can so that they can kill him, and they they do find they do go back to the preschool, and they do find the secret cave and confirm that everything that they claimed about Freddy was true. Um, he did abuse them, and you know Quentin says the line, "He's not, he's not coming after us because we lied. He's he's after us because we told the truth." Right. Uh, yeah. Um. Which is uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, it's fucked, man. But uh, yeah, it's a good way to like um, put to rest the notion of like maybe we killed the you know maybe they killed the wrong guy. It's like no, 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 you it's true. The right guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true, and uh, you know they find you know a bunch of fucked up stuff in that cave. Um, and well, that's that's where everybody got pissed off. Um, is because they found those pictures. Yeah, they found the, the they, they found find. The, they found the Polaroids. Yeah, right. And the pictures that they find are insinuating that he was molesting kids and everything. Yeah, and everybody everybody complained about it, and I was like, why? And it's, it's like you know, in the originals, they 
already insinuated. Like, <laughs> I don't know why everybody got mad about that. Well, I yeah. mean, it, I mean, it I is, it I is. Like, dude, it was there. Like, it, it, I mean, they didn't say it. They didn't say it straight out. But I mean, yeah. But it, but in this one, it is very overt, and it is you know upsetting, sure. upsetting imagery and upsetting things to think about. And again, Freddy's not likable in this one, and I think that's probably a big part of the problem that people have is that he's not someone you want to root for. He's terrible. And especially with Jackie Earl Haley, um, I mean, he's he's just fucked up. Well, yeah, no, he he's very good at playing a disgusting human being. A terrible character, <laughs> and, yeah. And, but, and that's what he does. Is he there are some people who are character. really good at that. Yeah, there are yeah. some people who are really good at that. Yeah, but he's phenomenal. I think he's a great Freddy. Phenomenal performance. He's just a fucked up individual that you don't want to root for. You want the kids to succeed. And so we get to the climax and, you know, we think Nancy might go down because Freddy's whole thing is he's been like just kind of fucking with them and keeping them awake, but never trying to kill them. So yeah. that when she goes down and Freddy's, you know, about to you know, like terror up. He's like, I had to keep you. He's like, I had to keep you awake long enough so that when you finally slept, you'd never wake up again. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that goes back to something that they talked about earlier. Quentin had introduced the idea of micro naps um, Mm -hmm. and like effects of like not sleeping on your body, which to be honest, I, I understand the reason you put it in there because it ties into the end and, you know, it's a good way to kind of, um solidify what happens if somebody stays awake too long but i don't know the whole concept of putting me but like they said if you if you go too long without sleep you'll eventually ironically slip into a coma you know which oh, is dude, I, I i actually I don't know if you've ever been in that situation but no. i've been in a situation where like i haven't slept for like you know like days and mm. When when you get there, man, I mean, you just lose it. Yeah, no, I, um, actually, I actually thought it was a pretty cool concept for the movie where I actually felt like it was like a race against time, so to speak. Like, if they don't figure something out, eventually they're going to be forced to sleep. Um, And yeah, I, fe- I felt like it added a real ticking clock element of like, we can, we can sleep and have to face Freddy or we can slowly go insane and then just end up asleep anyway if we go no. too long without sleeping yeah you're 100 percent right and um i don't disagree but i think i don't know it's just something about the term micro naps that like that that was a, me a little bit like, yeah that was that was different. that was a little goofy they probably could have rephrased it to the point of like maybe take the micro nap thing out where like because their whole thing is that they're saying like eventually you you lose your awareness of whether you're awake or asleep right um and i kind of feel like they probably could have just left it at like your body's gonna shut down if you go too far without without sleep and that could have been like the ticking clock but i guess they need little speed bumps along the way to know that they are kind of losing their sanity um yeah it, it did lead to a great scene earlier on that i actually really love where uh, Nancy's doing some research on some of the other kids that they went to school with that have also been killed. Right. Uh, and there's the one kid that made a video vlog about it. Um, uh, yeah. What was his name? Marcus Young. Yeah. He made a, a vlog about it where he was documenting what happened. And 
for like a split second, he closes his eyes on camera and his head just gets flung into the camera. Yeah. And you know, Freddie yeah. got him. And I thought that was a great scare. Yeah. I like that. They kept those little like moments of like, is this person asleep? Like mm-hmm. you, or like, you can tell just so subtly when the person fell asleep. Yes. You know what I mean? Just like a shift in the tone, oh, yeah. just, just mm-hmm. slightly. And you're like, Oh, they're asleep. Yeah. And so we get to the final climax and Nancy's going to pull Freddie out of the dream. Uh, Freddie's about to stab her with a, with his claw and you know, he says sweet dreams and then she yanks him out and again, brutal fight at the end because he is chucking them around the room and like beating the shit out of uh, Quentin and like, he's about to, it's, it's it's so cool though when she brings him out. Yep. It is great. Um, yeah, it's like uh, she can do whatever she wants to do. She can. Yeah, um, and yeah it's, I lo- it's pretty cool. Freddie, probably my favorite line in the movie from Freddie, because he does have some good one-liners in here still, is um, when Quentin keeps getting in the way of him being able to kill Nancy, and he beats the shit out of him and then starts to descend on him with his claw, and he goes, now why don't you just fucking die? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. love that oh, line yeah. and then they do a callback to uh freddie versus jason because nancy gets a uh i think it was a machete um and she like chops his his uh like his hand off uh yeah, yeah. where the glove is and then and she says something to the effect of uh what um, she say? oh five. she Bye, bitch, or... No, she says, hurts, doesn't it? It's because you're in my world now, bitch. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, she yeah, slashes his throat with it. With the, you're in my world now, bitch. Which, yeah. which is uh, a line... Uh, definitely from Freddy, uh, Freddy versus Jason. Yep, because uh, Lori has the, the line that Freddy used on her, which was, welcome to my world, bitch. Yeah, and then she threw yeah. it back. she threw it back at him later. So I thought that was a cool little callback. The The people that made this movie definitely know the history of Freddy, which I think is, uh, again, yeah, gives it were, a, gives it a lot of love were, to the originals. Um, and, and they were actually loving on Freddy versus Jason a lot. Oh, yeah. And, a lot. And we do end on a final scare instead of a uh, convertible car top with a with a the sweater color, <laughs> which Wes Craven, I heard did not want. Uh, that was kind of forced on him on this by the studio, but they do I can assume that he probably didn't want that. He did not, but they do end on a jump scare. Nancy thinks everything's over and she walks past her mom and her mom's standing in front of the mirror and Freddie's in the mirror and stabs his glove through Nancy's mom's eyeballs. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> and then pulls yeah, her into yeah, the mirror, yeah. and Nancy screams, and that's the end. Yeah, which is the how it ended in the first one. Which, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I always remember uh, Freddie breaks his hand through the little glass in the front door. Yep. And then pulls Ronnie Blakely through it, but there's that that weird edit where you can that see dummy switch to a dummy. Yeah. <laughs> that's always funny. But oh. I do. But I do. Uh, it's so much more brutal here, man. I love this yeah. ending yeah. because That's you see like his it. glove hollow out her eyes. Yeah, that was awesome. And she's just like, <laughs> and then he just like grabs her yeah. into the window. It's And the window just puts itself back together. It's great. Yeah. And there, 
Yeah, okay. No, I was just gonna say that's. I mean, that's Nightmare on Elm Street the remake. It's a yeah. great. It's a great movie. It's fucked, but it's a great movie. I don't get me wrong. I absolutely enjoy it, and um, you know, I I will just kind of randomly throw it on here or there. But um, there there was a an, an aspect of the movie that I didn't really kind of click with, which was the Nancy character because I feel like in the first one, Nancy was like she reminds me of like like she. I wouldn't be surprised if she was like ASB president or class president, (laughs) you know, um, uh, what's a student, uh, UN or whatever. Like she, she was very much Heather lightning camps. Nancy was very like independent kind of, um, you know, forward thinker, like a doer, like she was always getting things done. Right. Yeah. And then she was also strong and, you know, she, she got through the whole movie, but in this one, they made Nancy more of the artistic type, more of an introvert, more of kind of like, you know, just kind of more of like a homebody who is still self-sufficient and strong. I mean, she's working a job. She, you know, leads the way on this movie as well, but like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, just the different, it, it made her, a little bit more vulnerable, like almost a little bit softer, I thought, in this one than yeah. compared to the original. Yeah, she does she does take a back seat for a large part of the movie before she becomes more of an active character because we follow Chris for a while. We follow um Jesse and then like it takes a while before we get to Nancy. Um yeah. and even still Quentin is kind of there all the time. Um as opposed to just uh Nancy at the end of the first one. Um yeah. But I don't. I, I enjoy this movie she a lot. Felt, this Nancy kind of felt like a, like a like she was almost like a damsel in distress, but just like never in distress. Like she could, like she could fend for herself. Yeah. But still, the same vibe of like, I, I don't know. It, it's hard for me to describe, but it's a, yeah. it's a little bit unlike the original one. Well, I did I did hear some behind the scenes like interview maybe like a year after this movie came out. Rooney Mara had said at one point that this movie almost made her quit acting. Uh, Why? I don't know. She just said she had a horrible time making this movie. Um which is unfortunate because I think she's really good in it. Oh, see that's interesting now because now that I know that going back and looking at her portrayal of that character it's almost like there is a level of disdain. Yeah. Maybe. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, no, definitely worth um, researching. But I think it's unfortunate because I think she's really good in here. Do you know why they never like finished like or, or like made a second one? To the remake? Yeah. No. I don't have an answer. I was just asking. Oh, OK. Like, I was curious to know um, you know, it was it was kind it. of shocking because so like a year before this one came out, we were definitely in the era of remakes in the early t- 2000s to late 2010s because a year before this, we got Friday the 13th, the remake, uh, or re, or reboot sequel thing, um, and that one made bank at the box office and it never got a sequel. So I don't know. I just think that uh, maybe it was critics, maybe the cast just didn't want to be there. Uh, maybe it was a studio thing because the because they've been trying to do another one for a while and it's just been stuck in development hell for so long um but they're trying to do it again and that actually um that actually leads to a question that i want to leave on uh as we sort of wrap it up here but 
So they've been trying to do another one for a while. It's been kind of stuck in development hell. Uh, but they're trying to do another one. Robert England has said he's just he's you know too too old now to to do it. Yeah, he said he's not gonna do it. He anymore. said he's done. There are a lot of people that want another one, and they want Kevin Bacon to play Freddy Krueger. Have you heard about this? No. Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Just, what? Really? I'm curious to know why him of all people. I mean, I I can see it to be honest, but well, you can too, PG, but like PG. My answer is the same answer all the time, and that's because why Kevin Bacon? Because everything goes better with bacon. Ah. Uh, <laughs> right yeah, but it's, yeah. it's it seems odd, but it seems correct as well. I mean, I could, I could, I, there, there. I am convinced there will be another one sometime soon. And if Robert's not going to do it, I don't know who you get to do it. Like, you're never going to be another Robert England, Freddy Krueger. But you got to get someone that can make it their own. Well, here, here's the here's how I attribute that. Before Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight series, mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson was the Joker. Like, oh yeah, you, there was nobody else that I could ever see in that role fulfilling those shoes. That's and true. And then Heath Ledger in there, and you're like, yeah, oh, I was way wrong. I was totally wrong. Yeah. Who's to say you can't do the same thing with Freddie? I mean, yeah, and I think you can. Jackie Earl Haley did it, so like, why not? I yeah. thought he did. I thought he did a great job. Likewise, and for the most part, people are in agreement with that. That they say that um, they don't like the movie, the Nightmare remake, but they like Jackie Earl Haley. They're like, that is not our issue with the movie. Jackie Earl Haley did great for being the guy that had to follow Robert, and he made it his own. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and- and Bucky still has not seen The Watchmen. Yes, Jason, we've already we've already covered this, dude. dude you are so consistent, Jason. Good job. <laughs> yes, we've already covered this, dude. We don't need to dive but into it. But that's our when he does. I guarantee my favorite thing, man, is every time I tell him to watch something, I'm like, watch it, watch it, watch it, and it takes him like five years to watch it. And then you know when what? he watches hey, it, hey, hey, he Jason. Goes, he goes, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Jason, I can think I'm of... I'm like, I know, I told you. Jason, I can think of two examples where that did not happen. Uh, Where that did not happen? Yes, where I said I didn't like it. Okay, what were they? Inception. Um, You're dumb. And Fight Club. And you're dumb. Fight Club? Yeah, I hate Fight Club. <laughs> I'm so glad this podcast is over now. <laughs> you're fucking done. You're we're fucking not, done. We're not best You're friends so, anymore. I, I can understand yeah. Inception. That's not everyone's, but like Fight Club? Come no, on, I, I hate Fight Club, dude. I have fallen asleep every single time, uh, and I just think it's a dumb movie. It's the best thing ever, man. So, yeah. That, I've, <laughs> hey, I have we, never met anybody who didn't like it. No, nope. well, Yep. Especially the end hearing that Pixie song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're just like, oh, oh, nope, so good. Yeah, we all we all got uh controversial opinions though, so it's oh, okay. Kevin doesn't know what we're talking about because he's falling asleep every single time. <laughs> I'm falling asleep just hearing you talk about it. Ah! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, hey, that's our discussion on the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Uh, rated PG, man. Thank you so much for joining us, man. This has been a blast. Thank you for Absolutely. having me, man. Yeah, and like I know that we I love having new friends. Yeah, me too, man. And like, you know, it's just it's nice to like mix it up every once in a while. It is. It's super 
that Matt couldn't be here because I know he wanted to to meet you guys. So I hope this isn't the last time. Well, I know for a fact this isn't the last time we're doing this, but um, hopefully we can do it sooner, you know, when Matt's back and stuff. Because uh, I think of you guys as the Matt and Paul of uh, the East Coast. So <laughs> that's oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Hey, man, 100%. that's that's I, awesome. I, and I think we just got the best compliment ever. The Matt, the Matt <laughs> and Paul. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah we'll have a we'll have a, a fight to the death on who's. And I'll let you guys figure out who's. Yeah, who. I was yeah, gonna yeah. say we'll have a fight to the death on who's who. <laughs> uh, Fellas. Thank you so much, man. I had a blast. Of course, Absolutely, man. You are, man. And it goes without saying, man, you and, and Matt are welcome on the show anytime you would like. Um, we look forward to okay. meeting Matt, and uh, it has been a blast talking with you. Um, we're big fans of your show. Please tell our listeners where they can find Mutant City Horror. What are your socials? Plug whatever you want to plug, because you guys have a great thing going on over there. Um, so we're late to the social game, so you can find us on Instagram, at Mutant City Horror. Um, I try to post as much as I can, but honestly, it gets to be a lot sometimes. So, sure. but you can find us there. We got some cool stuff on there. Um, you can email the show mutantcityhorror at gmail.com. Um, and then I thought we were just posting to Spotify, but it turns out um, our show is available on some other platforms. So, Spotify oh, is on Pocket Cast, Pocket uh, Pod, uh, Podcast Addict. Or, I don't know. Spotify yeah. is a place to go. There, there we go. go. <laughs> Well, guess what? We post everybody. So yeah, on Spotify, we got you. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll share it out for sure. But uh All right, y'all. yeah, so uh everybody go check out Mutant City Horror, rated PG and uh Matthias the Ill. We yep. love them. They're great dudes, great show. Please go check them out. This will not be the last yep. time you see them on Midnight Terrors. And uh love be on the... Oh yeah. And be on the lookout for I believe the day after this comes out. Uh, because your episodes yeah. drop on Mondays. Uh, yes. be on the lookout tomorrow. Uh, because Jason and I are jumping over to Mutant City Horror ourselves to uh, talk about a little film that uh PG brought to us that we have never seen. So we're excited. Yep. Keep it a secret. Oh, I'm down with that. Either or. Keep it a secret. Yep. Yeah, we'll keep it a secret. There we go. <laughs> it's worth it. Come check it, it out. It's so uh. That's but that's it for our episode on Nightmare in Home Street 2010. Jason, this is the last episode before this podcast turns one year old. Oh dang! Yep, and it is the Midnight Paris Podcast. It is, and uh, be on the lookout tomorrow. July third is our anniversary of doing this show for one year. Be on the lookout for tomorrow because you are going to get our one year anniversary episode where Jason and I are going to take a walk down memory lane and talk about some of our favorite memories of the show and where we started versus where we are now. Uh, this episode with uh, PG has quickly become one of my favorites personally, so I'll just talk about how great this episode was on the show. We made the recap. Nice. We did. Anniversary and, show. Yep. So, and then also we have taken uh, questions from some of our listeners, some of our friends that we've been compiling for the last few weeks, and we're going nice. to answer those. We're going to answer it all. And uh, we got some crazy questions that I have not told Jason yet. I'm just waiting. So we'll get his raw reaction when we record it. Yeah, it's always the best, but uh, it's going to be fun. So tune in tomorrow for one year of Midnight Terrors, where we will talk about our first year and we'll answer all your questions and it's going to be a good time. Thank you so much and for all got, your. 
What? We got some sexy guests. <laughs> oh, we got a we got a we got some guests coming up. We got a good guest for the one year episode. Someone you might know. Wink, wink. Uh, and we got we got plenty of other big things coming up on the show. But tune in tomorrow for our one year special episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody, for all the love and support over the first year. And we love you all. Thank you so much. Get in touch with us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, Midnight Terrors Podcast. Shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back tomorrow with more of our shenanigans. Jason, what the fuck is this show called? Called the Midnight Terrors Podcast. It is. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. And we love you all. And we'll see you next time. Peace. We do love y'all. Have a good night. Later.